subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett back with you again. As always, we're excited to be here. I'll make this nice, quick, short, and sweet. If you want to learn more about Ninja Selling, go to ninjaselling.com. If you want to learn more about our amazing coaching program and coaches that we have, go check out Ninja Coaching. You can also find that under Ninja Selling. If you want to find the amazing group of people that are just like you that listen to the podcast and are excited about Ninja, go to Facebook, search the Ninja Selling Podcast. You will find your like group there. And Matt, with that being said, good morning, sir. Let's get rolling. Good morning. Yeah, rolling right into it. Coming in hot today, which is good because Matt's been practicing the oboe while we've been off off uh, <laughs> offline. <laughs> Trying to get it in. Absolutely. Get that good woodwind practice. I used to play the trumpet back in the day. A different type of instrument. I, I would Not a woodwind, obviously, but... You just wait. I don't know if those skills translate. I guess I'll find out. We're going to get you an oboe for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what sound it makes. I just know you're an oboe fan. <laughs> I don't know. That's what, it's, that's what I think of when... <laughs> Go back to our prior episode if you do not get the joke. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Okay. All right. What do we got on tap today, Garrett? Good morning. Good morning. I think, you know, today, Matt, when you and I were just chatting a little bit beforehand and kind of talking about what are we seeing out here right now. And um, there are certain times when the skills of being a really good realtor are going to be in your favor. And we're currently watching a marketplace right now that. I think a lot of us have gotten into the um, the habit over the last couple of years of just trying to like I gotta I gotta help these people move through, and it's a cheap pace and a speed that things are moving so quick that you're going from one step to the next really fast, like that you're passing by things very quickly. We're in a market right now that you're lingering in some of the stages a little bit longer, and I think when you're lingering in some of these stages a little bit longer, it it is more apparent that you need to slow down and take time in there to get really good at these stages. It almost allows people to kind of like take the magnifying glass or put the microscope on kind of where we're at right now and go like, oh, okay, like this could have been done a little bit better. This could have been done a little bit better. Where when the pace is a thousand miles an hour, you don't even get a chance to analyze it. And this is a time to sharpen your skills. We talked about it in the four ninja map, which is like sharpening your axe. Like the times to have a really sharp axe, you're really good at what you're doing. This is one of those occasions that I'm watching start to come about. And I'm seeing in the form of a lot of agents coming to me saying, man, the deals have changed. There's more work going through. These are a little bit more difficult to kind of navigate through and to get our buyers and get our sellers to the finish line. And it's funny how quickly, Matt, I can ask somebody and say, how well are you fine-tuning your systems right now? And they'll answer back with, oh, no, no, those are great. Those are great. We got that figured out. I'm like, but your your verbiage that you're saying when we're not talking about this tells me that there's weakness in there somewhere. Like It correlates. You're telling me this problem. I'm telling you what it comes from. You know, you're telling me your food is bland. I'm telling you you're not using enough salt. It, it just, you know, <laughs> no, 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 I am. Well, you still keep tell, telling me your food is bland, like it needs something. Try salt and then we'll figure it out. It's like there's some little things here that us as coaches and people that do this all the time, we can see the problems 
when you see you tell us the results you're getting and it's funny how people are, are sometimes going no 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 it's good and we need to take a step back and really start to analyze it so matt that's what we're talking about is really sharpening your skills right now getting really good at the processes of doing the business yeah and there's some specifics in there but as you're kind of leading into that i was thinking like you're right that a lot of people are saying hey i'm doing the systems right well the systems are designed to handle any level of challenges in a marketplace, right? And so to say, hey, we're doing the systems then 100%, but it's not working. Now we're blaming all these other things that are around it. We're blaming the customers. We're blaming the market. We're blaming the other agent. Must be the economy. Blaming the economy. I think about like a, a bridge, right? A bridge is designed to handle a certain amount of weight. And when I'm picturing like when the market was easy and effortless, it's just People are flying through the bridge, you know, traffic's light, super easy. And right now it's like traffic is starting to get more congested, right? So the bridge is handling more weight, but the bridge is totally fine. It's still able to handle it because it's yeah. designed to handle that much more weight. Good analogy. And the systems are designed to handle that type of stress that's coming through if we use them. And I think what it highlights is the skill set for sure. And the little things that we tend to start to not do when we feel busy, because we are a tool in this business, right? Like as a realtor, like you physically are the business, your negotiating skills, your relationship skills are paramount here. So the systems will also only work for you as you also work these other things. And you had brought up Garrett, the relationships we're building with other agents through the relationship, how we negotiate, those types of skills. And I know we recently did one on negotiation and talking about that skill set, but this bears repeating today because this is what helps you run a more efficient business. Well, before I jump, we go down that path, Matt, you had said, you know, as the the speed of business picks up, we start to forget some of the stuff or start just dropping some of the balls on a lot of these things. I think also in what we can find happen in the marketplace that we're in right now, and I'm not saying you're all here, but I am seeing some people out here that are falling into the scarcity category right now. And when you get into scarcity mode, we also start dropping our systems because we start getting to, yeah, 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 I know we're supposed to do all this stuff, but I just got to get this transaction done. And we miss the side of it that these skills that we have just onto the side here, just in the periphery, that you can totally skip if you want to. Go right ahead, skip them. You don't need you don't need to stop for gas. It's okay. That's a waste of time. We got to keep driving. <laughs> like you can skip it for right now. These are the things that will get you to the finish line. It's the periphery type stuff of slowing down and asking some more questions taking a little bit time, more time with our buyers, taking a little bit more time with our sellers to explain what we might come up against in this marketplace. But when scarcity creeps up, we just drop it because it's. I don't want to have the conversation. I need a paycheck, man. You don't understand. I need to get paid right now. I got to get these deals closed. Oh, all right. You have fun with that and just skip all the things that are going to help you get there. Watching that happen right now, Matt. Well, and, and that brings up taking a moment to look outside your business and do the analysis to understand what's missing. I will say this, what I'm seeing interestingly is people who the first and second quarter were having some difficulties who leaned into their systems and are like, I'm still having trouble, but I'm going to do the things. I'm doing the things. I'm doing the things. 
business is now happening for them. Oh, and I'm watching record business, Matt, which is awesome. And so that's one thing. And that's this is what then leads to like, how do I handle all this stuff? It's like you carve out the little bits of time to help yourself stay one step ahead, because this is where you get those buyers where you think everything's clear, but there's a conversation that needs to happen. You have sellers who you think are clear, but just like in the last episode we talked about, was it the last episode we did on pricing? I don't remember his last episode or the one before it. Was that that's the oboe? That's the oboe episode. The, oh, okay. So that, yeah, I think that was. <laughs> you need to sit down and have a conversation and make sure that everything's clear and bring this back up as we always come back to this. Slowing down to go fast is very important in this marketplace. Making sure you're slowing down to discuss the points of negotiations with your clients. So that when you go negotiate with the other agent, you're ready to go versus like, oh, cool, we have all these things. Let's just choose this, this, and this, and this. Or like, oops, that just didn't happen. Like, there's no whoops in this business. There is, okay, what's our next step? Like, seriously, right? Like, oops, oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want, we don't want that, right? I mean, people are experiencing that too, by the way. <laughs> so, a hundred percent. Well, so Garrett, maybe we turn into, because we've talked about a lot of these things, a couple of specific things that we're seeing right now, one of those being how agent-to-agent relationships are aiding in negotiations for clients. Yeah. So Matt, if we go back here, I don't know, middle of COVID, before COVID, actually 2019, 2018, we had a you know a lot of multiple offer situations going on. We had a lot of buyer's agents that we coached that came to us going like, give us a tip. Like, give us the, the magic pill. What do we write into our offer so that the buy, the seller will accept it? And they're going to be like, oh man, that's the offer. That's the one we want. Like, how do we win these things? Because I don't know about all of you. There were some buyers, agents and buyers out there that were getting their butts handed to them right and left over and over and over again to the point that they're like, I don't even want to buy a house anymore. This is dumb. I'm out. <laughs> and it was really interesting. I started to really pay attention to the ones that were winning all the time. And there were certain agents that would come to me and they're like, yeah, we won in a 15 mall offer, multiple offer situation. Hey, get this. We weren't even the best price. We didn't even have the best terms. We actually got an inspection. There were other offers that waived their inspections. We actually got an inspection on it. And I'm like, how did you do it? Like, how did, how did you make that offer work? It always came down to realtor to realtor relationship every single time. And I had one agent that I, I still coach. And he said, uh, one of my favorite tools is when I start the negotiation, like before the offer is even written, like when my client goes, I think we want to write an offer. He goes, this is where I start my performance. And my performance is I call up the agent on the other end and I say, hey, we're going to be writing an offer. And uh, he goes, you know, I just want to tell you how great it's going to be working with another professional on the other side of this transaction. <laughs> start to buff them up a little bit. I like it. He said you'd watch them like a peacock, like their feathers just go like and like fan out. Like, I am a professional. That's right. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> they would have this moment like me. Wait, are you? I oh, you're talking. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be great to work with you too. Like I, I you. Know, <laughs> and he says that little moment of starting that dialogue. What would happen is the offer would get in front of the sellers. And they'd be like, well, here's this offer. Here's the offer. We should really seriously take a look at this one. Like, let's look at this one right here. And it's the one where the guy went, it's going to be great to work with a professional. Yeah. So it's the little thing. So the reason I'm, I'm sharing this, Matt, is that that's when that market was going on. 
Currently, right now, I am watching some people come to me, and it's not individual, it's not one agent. Like I'm hearing this enough in certain marketplaces, not everywhere, where people are saying, man, it's really getting difficult to get some of these to the closing table. Some of these deals are blowing up over the stupidest things. Mm-hmm. People are walking away from earnest money because they're scared. They've seen articles in the paper. Matt, I sent you one. Oh, man, what is it? I can get back to it here quickly because I'm just going to read the title to you guys because the title's just brilliant. Ah, here it is. Foreclosures continue to surge with more homeowners now in danger of losing their properties. These articles make buyers freak out. <laughs> by the way, the article's great. It's by Realtor.com when you actually read through it. It's a wonderful article. It actually is not scary at all. It actually makes total sense. Yeah, it actually, it talks about how foreclosures are at such a massive low that the surge seems really big because the percentage increases is big. Yeah. Because there's so few compared to prior years. Doesn't mean, I mean... Hey, still don't like to see foreclosures increase, but I mean, come on, let's be honest here. Let's be honest. (laughs) And it's total clickbait and it worked. And I, but most people won't read through it. So here you have these buyers that are freaking out and they're like, maybe we shouldn't buy right now. If there's this surge in foreclosures and people losing their homes, maybe we should just sit back and wait because maybe prices are going to come way down and we should just pump the brakes here and wait and see what happens. Maybe it's worth us walking away from our earnest money right now because prices are going to come down so drastically, maybe. We should wait. It's worth it. Here, take our money. We're going to sit on the sidelines for a second. Like This kind of stuff potentially can be happening here. I'm already kind of watching some scenarios like this. Oh, yeah. Realtor to realtor relationship. I was just telling um, somebody that I coached here just the other day, what if, what if when you started a transaction, we get mutual acceptance on it? Matt, let's say you're the uh, agent on the other side. What if I called you and said, hey, I'm so excited to be doing this transaction with you and working forward with you to help your buyer move into my uh, my seller's home? Let's go have a cup of coffee. Let's go sit down. I, I just want to talk to you. There's, we have a, a strange enough market out here right now that I think if we work together and we understand what we might come up against during this transaction, we together can help this thing get to the closing table because we might have people that get fears and stuff that happen. And I want to make sure that we're both prepared for that when it comes up so we can have the conversation rather than it freaking them out to the point that they just throw in the towel and run for the hills. Because I don't think the market's scary out here, but it might appear that way to somebody who doesn't deal with it all the time. Here's the reason that I, I, I bring this up. I've had agents say, yeah, I've qualified my clients. We've done all the processes. We've done the 10-step buyers process. We've done the the Sweet 16 listing presentation. I can't control the other side of the deal. I disagree. I totally disagree. I think you actually have a lot of influence over the other side of the transaction. I think if we don't build the realtor-to-realtor relationship, yeah, that deal can blow up over something stupid that shows up on the inspection report. And they're going, because it's an easy way out because they're scared, going, ah, no, 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 no. I don't think we want to do that. And you, as realtor to realtor, now that you have a relationship, can sit back and say, okay, how big of a deal is this? And how can we help them see that this is this is an okay thing? This is a normal thing. Like, whatever it is, I'm not talking about like doing anything weird here. This is just about working together with all parties to help get to the common interest that was started at the beginning. Well, nine times out of 10, things fall apart because of communication, right? It's not really the inspection 
that's blowing up a deal. That that can happen. All of a sudden, some surprise, something's found. Gosh, nobody really knew about it. And okay, I can understand why the buyer wants to take a walk after seeing that, right? Now, if you're doing the things on the front side as a listing agent and as a buyer's agent, we can resolve a lot of these unexpected things like pre-listing inspections, pre-offer inspections, if that's the case in, in your market, the way things are moving. But the communication point, right? And I love this. Like, hey, let's just sit down and grab a cup of coffee and understand each other. Now, understand this too. You are still an advocate and a fiduciary for 100%. your client. So you're not sitting there to give up what's going on. But when you're on one side, like you want to also advocate for your client. So wouldn't that mean trying to also get to know the other side pretty well so that you know what you're up against as well? You know the fears that could be coming that you might be able to mitigate. Like when that thing comes up on an inspection report, say, hey, we know that these buyers might have a fear of X, Y, and Z. This has come up. This might spook them. Let's get ahead of it by doing ABC. Well, and like if I have a relationship with you, Matt, if I call later in the transaction and, I, and my name shows up on your phone, I'm not just the agent on the other side now. Right. I'm the agent that now has a relationship with you where I can sit down and say, look, we're putting this on the inspection report and this is why this is important to my buyers. And here's the thing too, Garrett, as you go through that, agents, like we know as ninjas, right? You guys know out there, you've done deals with agents who are step up transformers, who are highly emotional, <laughs> who can just create tougher deals. You've been frustrated by them. If we can diffuse that as much as we can and not be the agent that the... Because uh, also, sometimes agents make a big thing out of a small thing, right? Like, oh, Garrett's not answering his phone. He's just texting me back. He doesn't care about... Like, he's so... Like, what's going on over there, right? In this market, we have the upper hand. We're not giving in on this. Don't, don't, right. don't agree to that. We're not going to do that. It's like... Just communicate. Be ready to communicate because if the other agent is calmer with energy, they're going to speak to their clients with that. Because listen, I work with a lot of agents, you work with a lot of agents, Garrett, and I've had agents say like, like this other agent is just so bad. I had to tell my clients how bad that agent was. Well, what do you think that does to a deal, right? Unless that house is really great and those buyers really want it, it's probably going to blow up. Because of the agent, not because of the house. Well, and so anyway, go on. I, I just wanted to, you know, throw that in there. No, and I and I think it's interesting. Like this is all negotiation type stuff. You know, you, you, the person you can negotiate with the best on the other side of the transaction. The, the easier to negotiate is how much you know about that person. Part of you having coffee is knowing who you're going to be your number one communication source with the other side of this transaction. Yeah, we got to see. Do they drink tea? Do they drink coffee? Is it black? Do they put cream in it? Do they do the lattes? Now we can learn a lot about their... No, I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, seriously. Maybe you can. (laughs) Seriously, Matt, but think about it. So let's say we get through a really tough negotiation piece on the transaction. Let's say we we cross through, let's say the inspection, or maybe there's something that showed up with the house that was a, that was cracked foundation, and we had to do a lot of back and forth of making this hold together so that everybody signs off and says we're good with the repairs that have been done. We feel comfortable with that. We know who's taking care of it. Let's move forward right now. If you can celebrate with that agent, that you guys can both come together and be like, "Woo, high five, man! We made it through it." Like, okay, we got we got them through this hurdle of it. Let's keep going. We talk about 
in Ninja getting on the same side of the table. And one of the things that we need to be on the same side of the table with is our client in a listing situation. You never want it to be the market, you, and the client. So it's a bad, bad situation because all of a sudden we have this trifecta of negative who's fighting against who. You have, yeah, you have a triangle of... of um... Death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle, whatever you want to refer to it as. Like this is... So when you get on the same side of the table, it's now you and your client working against. But in the real estate transaction, there's lots of times you need to be on the same side of the table. And going through this, like there are points in the transaction that if you can put yourself on the same side of the table with the agent that's on the other side, instead of it being us against them... You can now be the step-down transformer. And when you have big wins and you've learned all this stuff about them, yeah, you can show up at their office with their favorite cup of coffee to be like, hey, man, got through that hurdle. Just want to say thanks. It was, it's just been great working with you so far. It makes everything easier as you go through. And I'm going to say this, in smaller markets where you work with some agents more times than you maybe would like to, these relationships, when those deals come together and they go... Oh, look, it's Matt Benelli. I loved working with him last time. Let's put that one at the top of the pile. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the one I want to lead with here about how great that guy is to work with and how this is going to be a, a you know, good transaction if we work with that person. He has great clients. Yeah. These are opportunities that this marketplace right now needs you to step into. Like you need to step into where. Who are all the people that I need to make quality relationships with out here? Well, and one element, you know, day one on the installation, we talk about sizing up the game. And with the crazy pace of the market, a lot of people haven't necessarily had taken the time to size up the game or really had the need. Like we kind of knew what game we were playing. We talk about a zero sum game versus a synergy game. And a zero sum is a win lose or, or well, lose lose, really, ultimately. Yeah, lose lose. You know, there's lose lose, zero sum, there's win lose, and there's win win, which is the synergy. But most of the time, you need to know if the person on the other side has a zero sum mentality, meaning like they are like, they don't care about mutual, like it is going to be a combative situation, or can we potentially have a synergy? Most people want the synergy, the win-win, particularly when you're working with representatives, which is what we all are. Like We're not buying and selling our own stuff. We're trying to help people achieve a goal. So most likely, the realtors want a synergy game, and the clients probably want that too, right? So if we can build these relationships the way that you're saying, Garrett, we start to manufacture a synergy game that we can all play together. And then it's our job to hold that together so that we can help people get to where they want to go. Now, if something comes up and it's clear that this is not helping your client achieve the goal, then great. We're backing out. We're going the other direction. But that relationship will also help everyone save face because it's going to be very clear as to why, what's going on. And while it's tough, people will understand versus like, yeah, we just, we're just blowing this thing up because whatever. Okay. Okay. I have an analogy. I have an analogy. Are you ready? I love analogies. Okay. Good. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is a prior. This is a prior experience. You guys all get to go on a journey with me for just a second. When I was younger, I was probably about. I was in college. I went to the University of Montana. My parents organized a trip, and uh, we were supposed to go. I think we were going up to Canada, 
think is where we're going. Doesn't matter where the destination was. But I got on an airplane in Montana and we are taking off and we're flying. We've been flying for about an hour, heading towards Seattle, is where I'm heading to, meeting my parents in Seattle. And uh, I recently told this story. I may have told it to you, Matt, because it was one of these interesting situations where I was noticing the sun setting out the window. And I was like, man, it is so like such a pretty sunset. And I'm watching it and I'm paying attention and just kind of going like, this is one of those like cool moments, just take, taking it all in. And then all of a sudden I watched the sunset circle around, go out of sight, and it shows up on the other side of the aircraft. And I was like, ah, crap. Like we're flying back to Missoula. That's where we're going right now. We took off out of Missoula and now we're flying back. I don't appreciate the sunset so much anymore. And here I am at like, you know, again, like 19 years old. I don't think I was 20 yet. I think it's still in my teens going, well, crap. Like I'm supposed to go on this trip. I'm supposed to meet my parents in Seattle. And from there, we're, we're jumping on a flight together and we're going to this next place. And in my mind, I was like, I can't go on the trip. Like this just messed up the entire trip because I'm now not going to be with them. I won't be able to get to the rental car. We then have to drive like three or four. I think we're going up to Banff is where we're going. And it was like these stages now that weren't going to happen. I was going to miss these legs, which meant I guess I'm just not going on this trip. I got back to Missoula, called my dad, and I said, I'm not going to make it. And my dad's answer to me was, he said, rule when you're traveling. You keep going till you get to your destination. You don't ever turn back. You don't ever quit. You don't ever just go, oh, we're not doing it. You keep going until you get to where you want to go. And I said, but how am I going to get up to Banff? Like, how am I? He's like, don't worry about that right now. You keep making forward momentum to get to where you want to go. He's like, so you right now figure out what your next flight is to get yourself to Seattle, but let them know your end destination is this and that they messed up you getting to there. And let's see what happens. And sure enough, all of a sudden, they're sitting there trying to figure out different ways to get me to my final destination now that they've messed up my flight patterns and messed up my ride and messed up. And all of a sudden, guess who ends up in Banff? It would have been so easy. And I'm sharing this because like, as you go through a real estate transaction, there are some of our clients that see a roadblock like this and they just go, well, crap, I guess- right. I guess we're not going to buy a house. Oh, the inspection's bad. So that's it. We're not buying. Yeah, we're just buying a house. Yeah. What do you mean there's termites? Just remember where we're going. I, I guess I'm not buying. I guess this isn't the dream house. This isn't going to be what's going to be. And all it takes is somebody to be like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Like, let's get another inspection done on this section that they found termites in, an actual pest and dry rot guy. And let's get another assessment of exactly what it's going to take to fix this. Oh, a couple little holes drilled in the foundation and some, you know, so insecticide pumped into it. We're good. Oh, sign off. Let's do this thing. It can seem so big at the time for the person that doesn't understand what's going on. And to have a professional and two professionals that are working together to help guide this thing through to the destination, a lot of deals get killed just because they don't know how to take the next step. And we look at it in a market where there's a lot of confusion. It's very easy to have that step in that goes, ha, I don't know what to do. Let's just walk away. Let's run. This maybe isn't the right time. They need trusted advisors. They need trusted advisors working together. And at the end of the day, just like my dad did, they need somebody saying, look, we're going to come up along roadblocks. That they'll happen. That's part of traveling. And I travel completely different 
from that day to what I do right now. That day, everything would have stopped me with traveling and I probably would have just ended up going home. Today, nothing stops me from getting my destination. I'm traveling. And I even had to share this with my daughter the other day because her flight got canceled and she was like, How? like what? what? I'm like, you're going to get home. <laughs> you just need to keep pushing. Like if we have to rent a car for you and get you somewhere, like we're going to figure out how to get you there. That's just the way it works. You got to have that mentality as you're helping these people and working with them and realize this is not the road they travel very often. And you know how to navigate through this stuff. They do not. And they'll throw in the towel pretty quickly because they get scared. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to communication. You communicating with the airline, right? And making sure that we can work around. So like you brought up the termite thing on an inspection, right? And I, I was thinking to myself, it's like, man, what if there was a conversation that said something like, well... If you had known that there were termites a year ago and had taken care of them, or if the sellers had known that there was termites a year ago and they took care of it, and it was all disclosed, but now it was no problem, would that be an issue on this transaction? Most people would say, oh, no, not at all if it was already taken care of. Great. Well, we're going to make that so right now so that it's going to be okay. I think people got to pull themselves out of that danger moment of, oh gosh, there's this roadblock that we're standing in front of and say, well, what if we were already past this? Would that change your mind about this deal? Of course it would, right? Figure out how to get around it. And this is communication and it starts from the beginning. And this is the, this is a big part. And I know we've gone a few different kind of paths in this in this episode here, but this is what we're talking about in terms of like, it's not with the way the market is moving and this is all the time, even when it's moving super fast, some of these things just happen a lot faster. These are the skills that we need to make sure that we have. We need to make sure we take the step back, look at everything and make sure, hey, are we communicating with everybody the way that we need to? I'm not saying this is easy either. I'm not saying this is like, oh, you could fit this in super simple, but it is a simple thing to make sure that we are executing on to ensure. And it ultimately saves everybody time because that's now a deal that you got to keep together. It's less homes that you have to show. It's less issues down the road and talking people off the ledge by making sure we have the proper communication and relationships set up so that we can help people get to their destination. And Matt, I think it's important also for people to understand that this is not set up in the moment, like when the problem is happening. The communications and the relationships have to be set up before the situations come to light. So like when when we're talking about building the relationship with the agent, it's not like the deal gets tough and we're like, you know, I should take them out to coffee now. Let's go do that. Let's go sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one meeting and and kind of get on the same page together. Too late. It's too late. Now it's a sales tactic where they're like, oh crap, you know, Matt wants to go have coffee. I don't want to have coffee. We're like, this deal is on the verge <laughs> of blowing up. And here he wants to get together and like, try to sell me on why his clients want to do this. Like wrong time, very beginning of the transaction. Nothing's happened yet. Just nice offers getting ready to be submitted or just getting accepted. Beautiful time to build a relationship. There's no hidden agendas as of right now. It's just about working together. That's one thing. You know, we talked about explaining to people what we might run up against during this transaction, things that we might come up against that we might surprise us and we're going to get blindsided with some things, but I'm going to help you get through this stuff and help you see how this is going to be this great win at the end. Great conversation up front. When the problem shows up and all of a sudden you're like, I need you guys to see beyond this. 
I need you guys to look just to the other side. Now you're a salesman. Now you're pushing on this deal, trying to get it to the closing table. You got to have the conversation up front. And I'll, I'll end it on this, Matt. One of the tools that Larry shared with me many, many, many years ago, and he's brought this up numerous times. When he used to do real estate transactions with somebody, I never did this, by the way, but I encourage all of you to do it. Sit down and with your clients and say, okay, we're, we are going to go find you a house. We are going to put your home on the market and get it listed. I have a major rule that I follow in my business, and I'm going to have you guys get on the same page with me right up front. We will never let the deal die on our side. Yeah. Oh, so important. Think of how many transactions you might have saved in your career if you just had the mentality of, we will never let the deal die on our side. We will always counter. We will always come back with something that will potentially make this deal work for us, even if it's ridiculous. It's one of those things that it's just like, these guys are being insane on the other side. Well, here, let's throw a counter over to them again. But if it's going to die, it's got to be them killing it. Yeah. It's got to be them saying, we're not willing to negotiate with you anymore. I have seen a lot of deals recently that have blown up because the agent has just said, my client was done negotiating. They threw an offer over that party said, hey, we're not willing to do that. And it was put back in their court to say, we don't want to move forward or we do want to move forward. And they're walking. It's like, oh. You're letting it die on your side? Don't do that. But you can only have that conversation up front. Yeah, precisely. And so if you're running your systems, but you're missing the upfront or you're missing the communication aspect, um, then we're not really running the full systems to support the weight of whatever you're handling right now in your business. Make sure that's there and you're going to have successful deals. I'm not saying it's going to be like all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, this is great. I listened to this podcast episode with Matt Garrett. Now my business is just like going. That's exactly the way it works, Matt. Don't take that away. It's exactly the way it works. Well, my point is, is if you work through that, you're going to be just fine. Like, like you're going to be okay. And your stress levels are going to go down. Your client stress levels are going to go down. Like you in the airport, right? Yeah, that was stressful. That was unfortunate. That like, we don't want that to happen. But if you stay calm and you communicate, you're going to get to where you want to go versus I'm sure there was somebody in that airport who was screaming and yelling and they didn't get to where they wanted to go. It usually starts with, do you know who I am? That's usually what it starts with. <laughs> do you know who I am? Oh gosh. Well, guys, thanks for tuning into this. We appreciate you so much. Join our Facebook group. Search for The Ninja Selling Podcast on Facebook. If you want to learn more about Ninja Selling, as Garrett said at the beginning, go to ninjaselling.com. You can learn about coaching. You can learn about mastery, which is an amazing program that you can get involved in after you take an installation. And appreciate you sharing this out to other people. I love little messages that I get from people. They're like, hey, I found your podcast. I found out. This is hilarious, Garrett. One of the, one of the clients that I coach his wife listens to the podcast and he had no idea. She was talking, he's like, gosh, like, oh, you listen to this podcast and these guys, Matt and Garrett. He's like, yeah, well, Matt's my coach. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So you guys know who you are. Appreciate you both extremely much and, and everybody else. We love you guys very much. And um, well, we'll catch you on the next episode. Appreciate you all. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. 
have an incredible day.